Overcoming Rape and Addiction by Accessing Your Own Internal Power in Conjunction with Nature Through Meditation with Sarah Webb, the author of Look Lush, on episode number 218 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I believe that obstacles are just opportunities. If we can, as you say, grow through what we go through. In 2008, I was raped by eight men, pretty brutally, and I survived. And now I'm thriving. My autonomic nervous system and subconscious mind did their jobs very well. Hi there, this is Danielle Burnock, that lady on the internet who loves you, where I help people like you to love yourself from survive to thrive by overcoming childhood trauma. Here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, Dr. Brad Miller helps you to crush adversity and discover your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Muller. A pleasure and a privilege to have you with me here today. This is the podcast where we look to help you to grow through what you go through to navigate adversity in your life and to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and uh, purpose. We do that by talking to great leaders and teachers who have had their own stories of overcoming adversity and achieving success and by the teaching that we do where we help you to deal with depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. This episode of Beyond Adversity is brought to you by the coaching program, The 40-Day Way. You can find out more about that at drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way to help you to develop your own PLP, your personal life plan, to get through any adversity in your life in 40 days and have a plan moving forward. Today, we're talking about one of the great tragedies in life when someone has sexual assault. Sarah Webb is our guest today, and she had the tragedy in her life of being assaulted, sexually raped by multiple men, which also was a part of her life was addiction. She was in a bad place. You're going to feel her story today, and you're also going to learn from her story about how she used a connection with her internal self through meditation, through a connection with nature. She got sober. She was able to uh, come out of the closet with her own sexual identity, and she was able to heal herself of her trauma to that. We're going to hear her story. We're going to learn her process and how she can speak into your life, particularly if you've had trauma of a sexual nature or something else. We're going to hear all about this today. Sarah Webb is the author of the book, Look Lush, a collection of poetry outlining her rise from ashes after her rape experience and healing of her addiction through the power within herself, through the conjunction with nature. Links to the book at drbradmuller.com slash 218. 
You can find her at sarahwebsays.com. When we come back on the other side of the podcast, we're also going to talk about what you can do to have healing in your life of trauma and to get better and to get to a better place, the place we like to call a place of peace and prosperity and purpose. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity, Sarah Webb. Her book is called Look Lush. Let's get into our conversation with her right now. Our guest today is Sarah Webb. And in her book, Look Lush, it's a collection of poetry which helps folks to heal their life, arise out of the ashes, and to get connected with nature and their inner life through meditation and other aspects of the inner life. And she's going to share with us some of her story here today. I'm not going to get into it too much to myself, but I want her to share her story. But Sarah Webb, we welcome you to Beyond Adversity here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Miller. It's a pleasure to be with you. That's awesome. Awesome. And for moving forward, let's just be Sarah and Brad moving forward. Okay. You got it, Brad. That's all right. Awesome. Sarah, you have this book of poetry that comes out of your own life experience. And here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, we're all about being helpful to people who deal with, like I call it the five D's of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And most people have some combination thereof of those deal those factors you in your case have had some really unfortunate devastating things happen to you which kind of set the stage for what you do now or it certainly was pivotal part of your life and if you don't mind i know it's sensitive but if you don't mind just share a little bit about your story about some of the things you've had to deal with and which lead you to do what you do now yes absolutely brad thank you so much I appreciate the opportunity to spread light and love and hope and healing because I believe that obstacles are just opportunities. If we can, as you say, grow through what we go through. In 2008, I was raped by eight men hmm. pretty brutally and I survived and now I'm thriving. My autonomic nervous system and subconscious mind did their jobs very well and essentially repressed mm. the memories for a long time because our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind is very good at that. It's very good at keeping us safe and basically repressing unresolved emotions, negative emotions until another time when we're able to deal with them. After I was raped, I did not go to the police. I told my sister. I didn't tell anybody else in my family, even though I was on vacation with my family when it mm. happened. By the grace of God, they propped me up outside of the hotel lobby where they had essentially taken me from. And I went on with my life. I ended up getting married and had a baby and... Through the course of the years, my drinking increased in order to be able to cope. And when I got sober in 2019, which it took me about a year to actually fully rid alcohol from my life, because it was just alcohol, which is perfectly legal for somebody of my age at the time, I was just sure. using it in order to numb. And once I got sober, I realized that 
I had some things that I had to deal with because I wasn't able to cover it up, mask it any longer. So I'm really grateful for the healing work that I did, particularly through meditation. A lot of people say that prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening. It's about yeah, getting well quiet. Well, yeah. So my meditation... First of all, I just... Oh, I think that there's a delay. My apologies, I'm sorry, Brad. Go, no problem. No, that's all right. I just want to say, Sarah, that before we get into some more of sharing of what you have, what how you've responded to this, I just want to say I'm just so sorry that this happened to you. And I just resonate with that, that everyone has bad things happen to them, but some are really devastating. And sometimes it's hard to get our heads around, at least from my perspective, what happened to you. And I just want to say I'm sorry. And that you've had not only sexual assault, but you had alcoholism and you've had some other things to deal with here. And you mentioned meditation as one of the ways you deal with those about prayers, talking to God and meditation, listening to God. But you also said that you had a long period of time when things were suppressed and repressed. Mm. So I want to talk to you for just a minute about, Sarah, about what were some of the actions that you took or what were some triggering things that helped you to break a pattern there? What are some of the things that you either did or happened to you that may have transferred things from that suppressed state to at least starting the journey to where you're rising from the ashes, as you like to say? It was when I started a daily meditation practice. I'm a certified yoga teacher and I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years. And we in yoga say the issues are in the tissues. So perhaps that was my first moving meditation. And yoga is how I came to begin to seek meditation. I tried a lot of different kinds, mindfulness, Deepak Chopra, you name it. But it wasn't until I started practicing TM or transcendental meditation which mm-hmm. is something that does cost a little bit of money. You learn with a teacher for four days, two hours each, and then they teach you how to meditate with a mantra. It's a very specific thought word sound that doesn't mean anything in any language. And it's your own personal mantra. No one else has it. And you basically just meditate for 20 minutes twice a day. And it's when I started that regular daily practice that I was able to see what we call that 30,000 foot view. I was able to meta think that thinking about your thinking and really observe Mm -hmm. myself and my habits from a little bit more of an exterior perspective. Instead of being inside of the movie, I was watching the movie screen and noticing the destructive habits that I had going on. I was a new mom and my little 18 month old daughter, who's incredibly precocious and was verbal from a very young age, went over to a party. I'm originally from New Orleans and she picked up this little chalice, looked like a Mardi Gras cup and she sipped it and she said, this is my wine. And it was like a Mm. punch in the gut. I asked myself, what am I teaching my daughter to emulate by my actions. That's when I started changing my relationship with alcohol. I thought that I could read myself sober. The first thing that I noticed was when I actually got pregnant that I was sober from the day that I got pregnant until I gave birth, which I guess isn't necessarily something that people would assume, but I, I did get sober and I didn't. That was when I started realizing I have an automatic thought every day at five o'clock. And I would say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I have a precious baby that I've been really wanting in my life inside of me. Of course, I'm not going to do that. 
However, it made me become aware. And when my daughter, my biological daughter, I now have three children, two bonus children. When my daughter was five months old, that's when I found TM, Transcendental Meditation. I see. And was able to really start to increase that awareness, that self-awareness of what I was doing. You said something I found interesting. You said you thought you could read yourself to sobriety. Is that what you said? I read several books, sobriety. So did did you see this kind of an, what I'm trying to get at, did you see this at some form or another kind of an academic exercise (laughs) or I can learn my way out of this? Was that a part of what was going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to learn about the deletory fact, the things that happen to our body. Well, I think there's some great things there. You need, we need to learn. We need to take action. You mentioned about finding TM. You, you invested in it time and energy and money to do that. And you knew you had to change. And also you had that seminal moment with your daughter picking up the little teacup or whatever it was and pretending like it was a wine glass or whatever. And you had, okay, I can't, this is not going to work. It was a point of pain mm. is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Point of pain, mm-hmm. point of pain. But let's go now for just a minute or two, Sarah, to that inner life. I'm a believer that in order for one to have transformation, you got to have those physical acts. You got to take the class. You got to read the books. You got to motivate it by your child. Those are some of the physical acts, but you also need to go a little deeper. Tell us anything about any kind of a connection to a higher power or a spiritual element, a how the meditation took you to a deeper, intimate place within your soul. How was any of this a part of your transformation to, as you say, rise from the ashes? Oh, absolutely. I believe that meditation connects us to God directly, or what quantum physics, science, calls the unified field of all possibility, which, come on, that's God. That's right. That's that beautiful, still place where I go so often in meditation. It doesn't happen every time, and I'm not chasing it, but it's a place of stillness and peace and suspension, almost, hmm. and... I was raised in the Southern Baptist church and I renounced it for a few years in college and really did some of my own research. And of course I didn't remain atheist. I don't know if I ever called myself that for very long. I guess I was more agnostic, but learning TM definitely allowed me to see that I am a drop of God you know, that we are created in God's image and that we're able to have that deep relationship with God every single day. And you said a couple of things. I just love you. Uh, I love the way you speak about this with such eloquence and such a poignant approach. What I mean by that is when you say about being suspended and a drop of God, mm. those I think are some imagery that I think is important for us to get a handle on that. When we have a spiritual experience, it's not only just something kind of woo out there. It is uh, connected to the various aspects of our life. I know you mentioned yoga and that kind of thing. So there's a physical and manifestation, the interrelatedness of this. And I think it's awesome way you put it. Let's go now to how this is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I was just saying, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. I guess I am a poet. If you like my imagery. Yes. (laughs) Hey, here we go. There we go. You, and you should be good with words if you're a boy. Get into that because that's where I want to go now or is really about how you uh, 
uh, how you think about this and how you apply this to your life and how you apply it to others. And what I mean, how you manifest this now. So what are some of the habits or practices or way you do life now that may be different than what you did before that makes life a little bit more, I think you used the term lush in your, uh, in your book of poetry. What do you do now? What are some of the habits practices that you do now? I like to say you can magnify your life, M-A-G, with meditation, affirmations, and gratitude. Magnify your life by a daily meditation practice, a daily affirmation practice, which is not what most people think it is, and a daily gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. I've been making a gratitude list every single morning since February 27, 2020, serendipitously just a few weeks before we hit quarantine. (laughs) God told me to start doing that, and I got a couple gratitude partners. Now I have about a dozen gratitude partners, and it's so beautiful because I make a gratitude list every day along with some affirmations included in there and send it out. And I get back gratitude and affirmations from said people. So I get these beautiful things. I'm grateful for oxygen. I'm grateful for technology. There's always something to be grateful for. And it's about looking for not the grass Mm -hmm. is always greener on the other side, but the grass is greener where you water it and trying to make ourselves see that glass half full instead of focusing on the lack. Because that's what our subconscious brain naturally does. It's based in survival. Our subconscious brain is constantly scanning for problems. And so if we allow our subconscious brain to rule us, you know, because really we think that the conscious brain is in charge, but really it's the subconscious that's keeping us safe Mm -hmm. and looking for problems and threats. So it's about using our conscious brain yeah. in order to reprogram the subconscious. Yeah, and that's where you have to be, Sarah, very intentional about that. Absolutely. That's why you have to develop new habits and new practices mm-hmm. and new ways of doing life that break the old patterns because the old patterns would tend to lead us to what a lot of people go into. People use different terminology, we have a spiral or a funk or a stuck place. One of the D's. Or ma- malaise, right. depression, you know, yep. where a lot of people get stuck in those places. And you have to be intentional about getting out of it. And part of what you've talked about, and one of the ways you do that is through poetry and through writing. Because I could tell us a little bit more about your book. I know you divide it into two parts. Yes. I found that kind of interesting about the look and the lush. Tell us a little bit about your book in terms of how that format came about and how that might be helpful to other people. Look is about my rise from the ashes and particularly using meditation. It's formatted a little bit differently. It's simpler structure, simpler words. And each of the poems have the word look or something about perspective in it, look or our physical looks or seeing things differently. Lush is a play on words, something that's lush and green and beautiful and overgrown. Also, it's a slang term for somebody that drinks too much. And so lush is about healing from addiction And in conjunction really with nature, which gosh, I really feel God when I am part of nature, when I'm enjoying the beauty that's been created here. And the way that it came about was I had some deep healing work. I've done some self-hypnosis, which I really believe that meditation is basically self-hypnosis if you look at the brain waves that occur. But I also went to a practitioner who helped me to get into my subconscious and relive some of these experiences. And I forgave every single one of those men 
because anger is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. So I have done some... Go ahead. The whole forgive this message that you have here and that comes from a spiritual core that from many different faiths, but still so hard to implement when you've been brutalized and to have forgiveness there for those who've hurt you. And that is amazing and helpful. And I bet you deal with some people in your life. Uh, you've served some people who have hard times with this forgiveness thing. I have a hard time dealing with getting unstuck, a mm. uh, hard time dealing with getting extracting themselves from whatever that uh, is dragging them down, whether it's a past relationship or alcohol or whatever. Tell us about somebody you may have worked with or have some connection with or may have read your poetry who you've seen some transformation happen. Tell us a story. I'll keep everyone anonymous, but one of my favorite clients I've been working with for several years and... I won't even use pronouns, but they have been in and out of treatment centers and in and out of sobriety, and they are over five months sober today. And I have seen Mm. such huge transformations. I've continued to work with this person, and they really thought for a little while that I was going to ditch them just like everybody else did, (laughs) Hmm. but it's, I think it just comes from understanding that that it does take time. And yeah, so I really, that's an awesome. And when you have that affirmation, it affirms you that you're doing something that's of value. That's is for the greater good, a gift uh, to others. Yeah. I I don't specialize in alcohol treatment. It's more about the life coaching, the spiritually activating people to really, it's guided meditations. It's getting real Mm -hmm. with themselves and their true desires and how they can send those ripples out into the world. It takes all that. It takes, I'm a very big on the integrated sense, the physical part, the spiritual part, Mm. the emotional, the relationship type of thing, all that's here. And that's what happens when you serve others in that way. And that's obviously a part of your heart to serve others and to not be prisoner of your pain. I love that about you. So how can, Sarah, how can folks learn more about you? How can they get your book, Look Lush? How can they find out more about your your coaching opportunities or, or other opportunities you have to serve others? How can people find more about you? I'm very active on Instagram with daily quotes and reels. It's at Sarah Webb says that's S-A-R-A-W-E-B-B-S-A-Y-S. My website is the same, sarahwebsays.com. And you can contact me through the contact page there. You can see a full suite of pricing for my, I'm an inspirational speaker and I only have a couple of slots per month. I also only work with two clients full-time at a time, and I'm completely booked at this time, at this juncture. Sure. But I am available for speaking gigs going out into further years. Yeah. We'll put connections to all of that at our website, drbradmiller.com. Again, the book is called Look Lush. Her name is Sarah Webb from sarahwebsays.com. We thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Thanks to Dylan Sessler for really pouring his heart out uh, to our audience here, to you, my good, my good friends, about his story. 
you heard his story and you heard some of his process and about he's a big believer that there is a gap between what uh, many people are going through in the mental health system. And a part of what he is doing here is helping to bridge that gap. So let's talk about a couple of practical applications that you can do in your life. First of all, I would just encourage you to go over to his website, DylanSessler.com, D-Y-L-A-N-S-E-S-S-L-E-R.com. And there you can join on his mailing list, but he also has opportunities to get his book, Defy the Darkness. You can find several helpful blog posts there about mental health and suicide prevention. You can also get a free coaching session, especially if you have uh, matters uh, regarding these things that we're talking about here. And you can take advantage of those things. Several other good resources at DylanSessler.com and get his book, Defy the Darkness and or pass it on as a gift to a friend, someone that you know has this need. Here are the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Reller. We're all about meeting needs of people who have had adversity in their life. Sometimes it's very, very serious, like suicide ideation. Other times it's, uh, well, they're all serious, but other times it's other matters of relationships. It might be going through a divorce. We have experts on divorce and relationship here on our podcast. In upcoming episodes, we're going to have episodes about your finances, about debt, how that's a big obstacle people have. And other people, we deal with uh, with grief when you lose a loved one. Some other episodes, we deal with uh, health-related things, disease, if you get diagnosed with a life-challenging disease or someone else. All these things can hold us back, can be a problem for us. And we're here to be helpful here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. This episode is brought to you by our coaching program, which is called The 40-Day Way. You can head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way for more information about that, where we help you develop your POP, your Promise Life Plan, to get you from being stuck to being unstuck with your grit and Please go to... Uh, you can always go to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast, which is designed to help you to grow through what you go through. We're here every week. We'll see you next time on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Until then, my friends, remember to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.